When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Blakey's Booth Room, the number one Cardiff City podcast. Brought to you by Wales Online. Hello and welcome to Blakey's Booth Room, the Cardiff City podcast in association with Giovanni's Restaurants. I'm your host, Glenn Williams, and I'm joined by Nathan Blake and Paul mm-hmm. Vandenato. Mm-hmm. How are we, gents? Mm-hmm. I'm all right, yeah, are you? Good, thank you. Thank you, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> In space, there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, a lot to get through today, so we've got the Red In trilogy that, that we've just come off the back of. Um, Paul's going to talk us through the fans' Q&A that was held at the stadium on Friday night a little bit. Um, then we'll come to the transfer window and, and a pretty busy deadline day. And we'll finish off, as always, with some Ask Blakey. And predictions. So, uh, so let's get down to it then. So, Reading played them three times in eleven days, drew all three games, and eventually coming out worse off in penalties in the FA Cup game on Tuesday night. Um, Blakey, your initial thoughts of Cardiff being dumped out of the FA Cup on penalties? Um, it's uh, disappointing, I have to say, especially to a, I'd say, a lesser team. Um, probably play. Slightly better football, but look, they're not great. Any great shakes are they? Um, I don't know. I just think uh, I always, I always think it's a, it's a, it's a great opportunity to to get your team going and and build confidence and what have you. You know, I, I look at it that way. I don't look at it the other way as you know, rest legs, tired, blah 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 blah. Um, because in, in my day, you you played. You know, if you could, if you were incapable of playing like forty to fifty games a season, then you were no good really to anybody. You know what I mean? The yeah. half a season was no good. So, and you only had what two or three subs then: square wheels and <laughs> horse and car and that. But you know what I mean? It's uh, I just don't. I think uh, with modern day football, pitches are so fantastic. Don't carry no weight, no mud. Balls are lighter, boots are lighter, kit is lighter. Um, half the kit looks like something Mr. Motivator would wear. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so uh, it's um, to me, I just think squads are bigger. I, I don't understand it. Me, um, I think if you approach it in the manner where I think publicly uh, the manager is going to be, oh, we want to get through, blah 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 blah. But uh, the team selection shows like. You know, you, okay, you put out a strong team, but some of those players are playing with no confidence. Some of those players are not bothered. You know, so um, I think the result was. I didn't go to the game. I watched the highlights. Um, I thought it played okay. You know, I don't think it was. Uh, I thought the league game was a. Poorer performance, if I'm totally yeah. honest. Yeah. Right. I don't know if you agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Games. I do. I thought they were good last night. Actually. Yeah. Um, and uh, again, just not able to put it away, put it to bed. Should have put it to bed, really and truly. Uh, and then, you know, I think a third goal would have really killed them off, or if not, just keep that clean sheet. You know. So um, I don't know. It's. You can look at it both ways. You can look at it if Cardiff are going for the for the playoffs uh, and having a, a proper run, you might excuse it. But failing that, I think it's a, an opportunity missed. Especially, I always say it, it, these days it's it's for the fan, right? It, it's it, the fans love the FA Cup, regardless of what players think about it, managers think about it. If you can get a good run in the FA Cup, fifth round, you know, quarterfinals, something like that. You know, some um, great trips. You know, great occasions. Gives everyone a lift. It, it does. It just it, it's just a great boost for for the club in general, for people and for players in general. Once they get beyond a certain point, you know, uh, I look at Liverpool and see what they're having to cope with. 
their schedule, which is pretty ridiculous. Um, but make no bones about it, if they get the semi-final, you won't be seeing any kids playing in, in those games. Like you know, I think that's when it really comes to prominence when it gets to semi-finals, finals. But you know, I think Cardiff um, missed a missed an opportunity personally. Paul, your your thoughts on it? Obviously, three draws. There was a win over West Brom sandwiched in between that somewhere, but that all seems to have been lost after these three uh, three Reading games, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I listen. I, I'm not saying I didn't care about the FA Cup game, but I was far more perturbed about not winning the league game than I was the FA Cup game. Quite frankly, mm. whatever the level of the performance is, um, Blake, I can see what Blake is saying about once you get through, momentum builds. There were only four thousand fans there though the other night for the for the cup game, which I think told its own story. Um, the disappoint, the big disappointment for me was the one was the draw in the in the league game on Friday night which is definitely a game on the back of West Brom that you mentioned that Cardiff had to win to start climbing further up the table to get that momentum going as it is they're ensconced still mid-table um, I think you know you look at this as a trilogy sounds like Hollyfield bow this Blakey doesn't it, trilogy, it, was, it, was, it was, I would look, I would liken it to the Beverly Hills Cop okay, trilogy okay, well, hang on <laughs> that was a damn good sequence of films no the first one was great Eddie second Murphy, one was also good third one was, <laughs> was brilliant anyway no I know what you mean that was about one, yeah. Disneyland wasn't it yeah the third one was awful um, but it's um, <laughs> but it's look Cardiff to me one or two, two or three players aside Cardiff have got I hesitate to use the phrase much superior, but I think they've got a much superior squad than Reading. Yeah. I really do. I yeah. would say, yeah. And I looked at that, and I looked at Mark Bowen, who I know quite well, um, down on the touchline in the Reading dugout, and I just thought to myself, do you know what? If Bowes... I've always thought, you know, he was your Wales coach, Blakey. I always mm. felt, rightly or wrongly, he was a bit of the power behind the throne there. I know Sparky got all the... Plaudits, but uh, Bowen, Bowen was clearly a, a highly rated. Eddie Nizreski probably, right. but Eddie's there Eddie, with him. Eddie's there Eddie with him. Eddie and Bose, they, they were Eddie, equally as good. Ed, Eddie's there with him at mm-hmm. Reading, and I and I just looked at that and I just thought, you know what? If those dugouts were juxtaposed and Bowen had those Cardiff players, I think Cardiff might have won all three games. To be honest with you, I mean it's all spiffballing, it's hypothesising, but I think the point I'm trying to make is that Cardiff need to play Cardiff, Cardiff have got better players than three draws against Reading. Do you know the worrying thing? So there have to be reasons for the fact they are not beating Reading in three games. There have to be reasons. Mm. The worrying thing for me, sorry Glenn, the worrying thing for me is, and I think a few people, I think quite a few fans have clocked this as well, you know, like, when we're struggling, we seem to go route one, but on steroids. We seem to, like, what was the game where we took off our wingers? I seen you in the in the um, press room after. It was the Reading game. The Reading, the first mm. Reading game. No, took, no, it was the it was yeah, it was, the, it was Friday night's yeah. game. Yeah. 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 yeah, when they took we took off our two wingers, played three and a three, and so, just when. So before you go any further, Blake, I want to I want to do a bit of, and this is not I told you so. Glenn will verify this. Mm-hmm. We went to the ground quite early. There were reasons for that. I had to go go and attend the Q and A that the chairman was doing with the fans, which we'll come on to in a minute, but. As, as I got out of the car, I just turned, I said to Glenn, and he'll verify this, and our other colleague, Tom Colmo, was with us, and I said, the first thing he has got to do today is freshen up this team. They only played three days ago. Those wingers, Hoyler and White, put in one heck of a shift against West Brom, so straight away he's got to bring in Murphy and A, a another there. Didn't I, Glenn? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, when I saw the team sheet, I thought... Why is he doing it? And, and he hooks them both at half-time. Now, if I could see that before the game, why can't the manager see it, Blakey? Couldn't tell you, mate. I really couldn't. I think I think it's pretty glaring, wasn't it? Well, since Mendes Lang's been injured, White's just been running to the floor. He's played every minute. Oh, oh flogging, the dead, got, flogging the dead horse, mate. Yeah. Really. One stat I wanted to say. But what I like about him is that he will just keep going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and he, yeah, and he's played I, I always say I'm not sure what he is, Gav. Yeah. And someone said to me the other day he'd probably be a better right back. And when I thought about it, I thought, well, I don't know if he can defend, but, but he works tirelessly. And, and no one disputes that, Blake. I feel for as, him. But as yeah. a winger, you've got to have creative edge. Yeah, absolutely, I, I totally agree with you, mate. I can. So, Cardiff, in all competitions this season, played 35 games, mm. and they've drawn 16 of them, which is mm. roughly about 46 47%. Mm. That's an incredibly high number, isn't it? Is, do you think it's a mental fragility in the squad which means I they think they're just short Glenn I've said it since day one 
Neil Warlock was saying this team is going to do this, that, and the other. I, I just couldn't see it. Mm. Couldn't see where the signings fitted in. And here we are, what, halfway through the season, and, you know, uh, Volks is just getting a, a run. Uh, Big Aiden sat on the bench. Do you know what I mean? I just, I just couldn't see the dynamic of how what you're trying to build. Um, and, and and that's been the case for, for a while with me. Uh, and then, you know, in fairness to Neil Harris, you can't hold him responsible for the squad that's been accumulated by the previous manager. And, you know, I would say, what, 80% of the players probably brought in by Neil? 70% of the players? Uh, so, it, by Neil Warnock. So, it's difficult to... To, to look at Neil Harris and say, oh, uh, what I hope Neil would do, Neil Harris would do, was come in and after a period of time, what we'd start to see as a transition because, you know, I think what the boot room does, I think what this boot room does is lead on a lot of stuff. I really do. Yeah. I think we were the first to put it out there, like we need to move to a more footballing type style of game, right? Now, I'm, I'm happy to say, I was first on record saying like, I wouldn't have taken one up to the Premier League. That's just me, I'm ruthless like that, right? Because I've always said the club comes first. But what we're not seeing now is that transition, what we're seeing, frighteningly so, and I disagree with strongly with Rob Phillips and Danny Gabadon, after the West Brom game, this was a turning point in the season. Just don't see it, right? Just don't see what they're seeing, honestly. I just look at the situation and I think myself, right, I, I feel a bit for Neil Harris because... He's trying to get someone else's squad, someone else's ship to turn, basically. But I then question, does he have the capability to actually turn it? And that is the million dollar question for me. I don't know him as a guy. I don't dislike him as a person. I think he comes across a nice geezer, understands the game well, played the game. Good guy and all that. But the evidence for me is Millwall. Guy Rowett, not known as a great footballing coach, and then has come in, and I would say Millwall playing far better brand of football under Guy Rowett in six months than they did under Neil Harris in five years. That's the worrying statistic for me, if you want to look across the board. So for me, the man we should have got was on TV the other day, on Sky the other day, reporting Tottenham Liverpool, Chris Hutton. But there's planning, there's foresight, there's an understanding not only of the game, but dynamics between personalities. And, you know, you don't just sign players. You find out about their mums, their dads, their wives, their kids, how they are. Do they like the drink? Do they like the gamble? Are they nightclubbers? You know, you find out a lot about the personality. Can he take a row? Is he a sensitive soul? You, you find all these things out before you sign players in modern day. 20 years ago, you might not have, but now in modern day, you do. And, you know... I just think the transition of what Neil Harris is trying to achieve. One, does he have the expertise? But two, I think it's so hard for him with another man's squad, basically. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, I'm balanced. I'm, I, I kind of lost expectation at the start of this season. That was me, yeah. right? And now I look and I see what's developing in front of me. And I go... Okay, if they ever put a run together, yeah, they could still possibly get to the playoffs. But I've not believed it since day one. I've always felt we'll finish eight, tenth, something like that. Uh, and the way things are going, we'd be lucky to get tenth at the moment. Yeah. We're gonna have to put a hell of a run together I think your to stats, get in the top eight. I think your stats, Glenn, identify Cardiff City as what they are. Mm. They're a very hard team to beat, and one of the reasons for that is because of the quality of defenders that they've got there, and also. You know, particularly now Morrison is playing with Nelson. Morrison looks a different player yeah. again. The sort of you know he's one of the best defenders in that division. Um, I think they've got an incredible work ethic, which makes them hard to beat, and they've got that set piece mentality, which also makes you difficult to play against. And a keep going mentality. But, yeah, but mm. what they don't have, which is why they're not winning games with, with what is a great foundation there, what they don't have is cutting edge going forward, apart from Lee Tomlin. They're completely reliant on Lee Tomlin for a creative edge. And that's why I found that window that's just gone demoralising, because yeah. it's crying out. Josh Murphy, I still maintain, is the best winger at that club, but he isn't fit for the league games, so he could give a cutting edge. But, you know, we're having to accept Callum Patterson now as the emergency centre forward, and he does a better job there than anybody else. 
On the other side, Junior Hoylet's yeah. lost. Junior Hoylet's lost his ability to go past a player. Gavin White doesn't really get past players and deliver in the final third. You know, that cutting edge is required. Now, it may be that Adoma does offer that. We'll see. We'll come on to transfers, no doubt, in a moment. But that just sums up Cardiff, that they've got this brilliant base mm -hmm. of very good defenders, excellent goalkeepers, hard-working ethic, set-piece makes you difficult to play against set-piece expertise and would occasionally bag you a goal. Both goals against West Brom came from set-pieces, for example. Um, didn't the goal against Reading come from a set-piece? The league game, wasn't it? A long throw? Long throw. Yeah, yeah, right. But <coughs> lack that dynamism in the final third, aside from Lee Tomlin, and if he is on his game, Josh Murphy. And that's why, to me, that had to be addressed in the transfer window, and it wasn't. Just final point for me on that FA Cup game. A couple of positives I want to end on. Josh Murphy scored twice, and best game I've seen him play all season. Thought he was unplayable at times, but obviously we need to see more of it. Joe I'm Lynn. not bothered about that. And I, you know, I, I'm talking as a as a former professional who was at Cardiff City, mm. and in my younger days, I would say struggled with consistency, but. In my, I can't call it senior. I was twenty-one. <laughs> in my latter years, not a problem. I think once you get beyond a certain point, you kind of grow up mentally, physically. You you grow up, and then you you understand that, you know, this game isn't about our oh, first and foremost, our oh, you know, uh, trust of the manager, trust the reliance of the manager. It's actually about me going out and performing. Now there's times where you go out and you feel tired, real tired, and you won't perform well. But there are other times you feel a million dollars. And then there's other times you go out feeling not so good. You score a goal after six minutes and you feel a million dollars. I don't know why. Mm. That adrenaline just runs through you for the rest of the game. But for me, you know, when I see a player of mad ability like that, uh, and I, I also know I understand that players can be unhappy at clubs for you know a world of reasons and I think Josh has fallen into that sort of he looks at unhappy soul do you know what I mean and I think whatever it is if I'm Neil Harris uh, you know someone at the club pull him into the office and say what is going on you know this isn't about oh we want you because we want you to be brilliant for us just you personally what is going on because so, you're not happy for a reason. Now, if it's being here, then we're gonna have to try and move you on, right? If that's if that's your gripe, is this club? Then we're gonna have to move you on. But if it's not, we need to find a way to get you back to your best, for everyone's sake, right? And I just think the club lacks that sort of understanding and the direction. It's like you've got, I don't know. I just it's and you're, just, it's your other point I presume is to talk about the young kids who played yeah yeah Joel yeah. Bagan uh, on debut thought he was brilliant at left back um, somebody highly thought of uh, in the in the senior squad and in the academy somebody who's been training with the first team since Neil Harris has come in and uh, and Tom Sang as well came in um, came on after extra time began thought he did, gave a really good account of himself as well so it's congratulations good to them, the really. Academy, mm. Good on the academy, kids. Good on the academy. Yeah, yeah, did really well. Fair play to him. Yeah, good yeah. On. No, Joel Bagan certainly thought. Think he's one for the future. Good anyway, end of uh, end of part one. In part two, we'll be discussing the fans Q and A and the transfer window. Subscribe to the Boot Room on iTunes or listen on WalesOnline.co.uk. Welcome back. So we've just touched on it, but. Um, Paul, can you just take us through uh, the fans' Q&A at the stadium on last Friday night? Yeah, basically there was um, there were about 40 selected, I don't know if you call them supporters, leaders or supporters, representatives, whatever, that, um, and there were a few invited members of the media who attended. It was the Sony Lounge at Cardiff City Stadium. It was about an hour before kick-off against Reading. and. Oh. Mehmet Dalman stood there with Ken Chu and the club's lawyer Chris Knott and basically stood court to address questions the fans asked him really. Um, well, the questions they were asked. Um, Salah mainly, to be honest with you. Um, so, so Mehmet outlined the club's stance on why they're not paying the Salah money um, and asked the fans to take that message to other fans. He dropped a couple of bombshells, well one in particular about Sam Hammam is suing the club allegedly for 
15 million pounds, which is something that I personally have been working on today, this morning, on both sides, because I, I know Sam's side as well as the club side, obviously. And I thought that was all, is that, well, is that going back yeah, like it's, it's eight years ago? It's re-erupting itself, it's a, it's, it's, it's a wow. complex issue, it needs a bit more work from me, but it's, it's re-erupted itself. It's a new claim, it's not the original Langston Loan Notes claim that you're, okay. you and I were thinking of, okay. it's a new claim that's linked to that, but it's not as a result of that, if you see one, or not directly part um, that thing again. Yeah. Um, if you pay me, we're we'll going to it. You know, yeah. he addressed issues like transfers as much as he could, given that the window was not closed at that point. And I just thought it was a useful exercise. Um, for the first time, the club have gone on the front foot on Salah in terms of previously, they've dealt with it in drips and drabs, I think, but they've officially outlined why they're not paying the money, the complexities of it. And I don't want to go too much into it because there are obviously issues going on on the other side of the channel at the moment and things like that that are involving the authorities. But Did you think they were right in what their stance is? I, think that I, I do think that it's... One of the things Mehmet Dalman said was... He, he, he said he looks at fans' forums and things like that and he, and he said that he saw something on there, he sees things on there about just pay the money and get it done and he outlined why they weren't doing that and and he said that that comment kind of irritates him a little bit because he you know it's a far more complex issue than that um i'm just a what you know uh, just uh, just aware I, of the complexities just, just, of just, all. Just, yeah, yeah i i understand that yeah but you know this is a fan's sort of you know forum if yeah. you like yeah and as a fan I'm asking a question, how does a transfer become complex? A transfer is quite straightforward, I've had many of them. How does it become complex, number one? Number two, are you in agreement with the club then that he wasn't our player? And if so, my third part of the question is, why are the club asking the fans to raise funds? Because they clearly feel he was their player. No, they're not asking them to raise funds. Uh, well, they, they, they're asking them to do some sort of... They're just asking to help pass a message on about the club's stance. Weren't yeah. they trying to raise money or something at the last game? Was no, no, they've done that themselves. Yeah. They've put a yeah. substantial amount of money into them, which is a great thing. It is a great thing, thing because he's their player, though, isn't that right? Um, so, so they, That's where I'm at. It's, it all centres, that's why I don't want to get too into it because the authorities are involved, but it all centres around the, the legality of the flight... Who put him on that plane? That plane wasn't fit to fly. That plane had a pilot who was colourblind, so wasn't licensed to take commercial flights in the evening. That sort of thing. So it's all of this, okay. all of this litigation. And Cardiff for saying that was that was out of that, out of their hands. That that is all. Once part. he come here and went back to France, they're saying once he left Cardiff. Because uh, like Cardiff are saying uh, we want to get we we yeah, as fans Cardiff, want to get a bit Cardiff of insight are, into Cardiff is saying that they offered him the usual BA club class flight to come to back to the UK yeah yeah presumably to London and then mm -hmm. to South Wales, um, but for whatever reason it was taken out of their hands and at that end i.e. the French yeah. end that that, that forever up, for for whatever reason. He ended up on the other flight, yeah. For whatever reason, that, that part of what you said there, for whatever reason, that is the crux. Yes, yes. Right? And that's what helps because make it a complex what thing. in that crux is pretty, I would say, is pretty straightforward. You make it complicated if you want to make it complicated. And I'm not talking about the club. I'm talking about the whole situation and everybody involved. That's non UEFA, the club, agents former managers, you name it, all involved, right? And I'm just looking at that whatever part and looking at that and thinking, well, you know, that shouldn't be complicated. It, sh it should be a straightforward exercise. There's maybe too many people involved in something that shouldn't have been involved. But at the end of the day, for me and I think for a lot of fans, you know, the club doing the memorial thing, it feels so good on one hand, but then very confusing on another hand. 
do you understand what I mean? Because we, we, I'm talking from a fan's perspective now, and me personally as a fan, we, we feel like we felt he was our player. Do you know what I mean? And I know you're saying the detail is coming down to the flight, but what the club are saying that he was he wasn't ours. He was, he, you know, he hadn't yet signed the proper documentation. That's where they kind of left it. Now, if you're talking about the flight. That's a whole different ball it's, game, then. Do you know what I mean? It's all of it, Blake. It's all interlinked. It's so it's all, so you know. messy, isn't it? I think, so, so anyway, messy. that's that's where we are. I think, as a general rule of thumb, though, I think that him meeting the fans is not a bad idea. They should know? do that once you know? every quarter. They should do it like a board you, meeting, you, say you three or four times before, a year. Blake, yeah, Absolutely. No, so, um, um, Paul, was there something to do with tightening the purse strings? Maybe did Mehmet mention something about that in terms of potential transfer windows that I saw? I have to, remember, I have to remember what what he said now. I think what he said was something along the lines of, yeah, he said this was before the Reading game. Something along the lines of that the next three matches were key to determining the the team's future for the rest of this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I recall correctly, without checking my notes, I think it was to do with that. It was linked to that that if they were pushing, obviously, up there, that Vince would be more relaxed about releasing those purse strings. But if they were a mid-table team, mm. there would have to be a tightening of them. See, uh, see I'm uh, sure it was on. I don't want to misquote uh, Mehmet. Uh, I think it was something along those. Did you? Is that what you read? Yeah, or yeah, yeah? something along those lines. And what, yeah. I, what I'd say, what I'd say to the what I'd say to the club is that that is part of the problem, right? So the idea of 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 this game is to try and get to the Premier League and then try and grow in the Premier League yeah. and what have you, what have you, right? It shouldn't be a um, if you're here, we do this. If you're there, you do that. If you're there, we do this sort of thing, right? So all roads should lead to the Premier League and sustainable in the Premier League, a sustainable club, right? So it's like so. So Neil Harris is looking at this and thinking the club are then punishing him or the team or the fans, however you want to look at it, and saying, right, because you're below a certain position in the league, we're not going to give you funds to try and push on and push up into the league. Why? Because we've got a massive squad. Right. I've said from day one, the, the squad should be trimmed, right? The squad should be trimmed. But at the same time, what the club should have, they should show the foresight to have a continual plan, right? Which 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 doesn't work on, I give you money if you're successful. If you're not, I don't. Because you might need money in order to become successful, right? So you've got to look at the... You've got to look at the whole structure of, of what's going on and the strategy, basically, and how they're approaching, you know. And I'm not one who says spending every transfer window, especially if you've got 40-odd players. I'm not, all right? But as you can see, it's, 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 I won't say turmoil, but, you know. Disquiet. Well, the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing. Do you know what I mean? It, it's that kind of thing. It's kind of like, as you go along, Rather than horses for courses, yeah. Rather than pre-planned as part of an overall strategy, strategy to do this, right? And to do this is pretty straightforward. It's promotion, right? Because I, I do. I look at teams like Wolves and what they've been able to achieve. Sheffield United, what they've been able to achieve, or what they're achieving. And I think to myself, like, doesn't that show like the the if you've got the capability and the will and the understanding of the game and what's needed of your club surely you can, you can get forward quickly or quicker right if you've got some sort of plan in place and an understanding of what your, it is you're trying to achieve at the moment you would say then you're sat in what are we sat in 12 at the moment yeah 12 position, uh, transfer window just gone I think many would would say we could have done with you know, a few players in, which we did do, but equally a few players out. You know, I've always said I'd adopt the one in, two out at least. Yeah, so come the summer now, I'll be looking to really cut that squad massively. And if it meant giving cold and handshakes to people, I would do so and kind of start again. It's easier said than done because it's not my money. Yeah. But if the people are running down to a year, you can get agreements with them and off they go or, you know, you're going to sit there, not going to play if your agent don't get your move sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So, 
I just I just feel like it's it's after the event all the time. I'm looking. Do you know what I mean? Not uh right. This is what, and it's like I say, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to work out what we want, what the fans want, what the club wants to achieve. That's promotion and sustainability in the Premier League. But to get there, it's like I was I was thinking like like over, over the couple of years like the amount of different strikers we've been through. And I, I was gonna, I was gonna be a, a proper geek and draw it up and all that. And I thought, no, 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 I was going back to like Ricky Lambert and people like that, who just continually, continually struggled, struggled, mm. struggled. And and this club, I would say, for the last five, six, seven years, you know, it's had it. It's weird. You've had two promotions to the Premier League, right? But we don't seem to have an identity. So I'm I'm just looking. I've I've actually turned to the relevant page from last Friday in my notebook, right? And it's something like you know, um, the chairman actually said this that we spent a lot of money money under Neil Warnock. We're not complaining. We got promoted, but we have to manage the club financially a lot better. And then Ken Chu, the chief executive, went on to say, in the last three years under Neil Warnock, we spent close to a hundred million pounds. Now. See. Yeah, can I say though we've said on so, the boot room report? Let me just say, Paul. Sorry, mate. Now, I think Neil signed th- forty odd players, thirty odd players, forty odd players in three years. Yeah. Right. So, right. So, that's what I'm saying. That's after the event, member. That's what I, I would say I'm to just, him. It's like, I just carry on. So how, are you, how are you? How are you? How are you? How are you showing foresight, leadership, direction? Right. Where's the club think it's going? If what four months after Neil Warnock leaves, the chairman comes out and says, "Oh, we spent too much money." Sort of thing. So, so the, chief, Neil. the chief, when you're the ones who are signing it off, the chief exec goes on to say that um, so Vincent wants to see sort of better results, if you like, from from the from the investments. Yeah, it doesn't just happen, we, though, Paul. We can't continue to spend this wow. way in the championship. We have to balance the books and be sensible as well. That's a direct quote from Ken Chu, the chief executive. And I know he's told me that privately many times as well. So that, to answer your question about the, the clearly the Salah, you know, the club yeah. putting their point of view about Salah across had to be the, you know, was the story of the weekend. But but this is another strand to part of the Q and A, if you like. And they need to sort it, themselves it out seems, for me. I, I just think I just think it's. I just think, like I said, it's uh, it, it's very much. It's okay saying it after it's been done, but while it was going on, no one seemed to question it. It, it, it doesn't make sense right. to but me. It, but it is. We are where we are now, aren't we? Yeah, but we, we can't and, keep and saying that because what happens is when we are where we are, what the what the owners now saying is right. Purse strings are closed. Yeah. Well, or tight. And then tightened. Well, tightened. Nigh on closed. Right, nigh on closed, and now like you're you're one of the ones saying we should strengthen in January, right? But the chairman's saying you can't happen, mate. Why? Because we've wasted too much money already, basically. Well, now I'm, what I'm saying is, but you are the people who are signing off the deals when the money is being wasted. It, it, it it's like a dog chasing his tail, my, mate. My, my argument about strengthening Blakey. Do you know what I mean? It, it just goes. It's just going to go round in circles, which uh, is effectively what we're doing. And uh, uh, going around, so you know, my argument is the age-old thing of speculating, accumulating. That this team, as we said earlier on this on this podcast, this team, as we see by the fact that not many teams beat Cardiff City, this team is hard to beat. They have the base of the goalkeepers, the defenders, the work ethic, blah blah blah. What they lack is that quality in the final third from couple of players to mm. assist Tomlin and I just think with that quality in this transfer window with by speculating they could have accumulated by making a genuine charge to the playoffs in what isn't a great division yeah, this year that's what I'm saying that's what I'm saying then you've got to have the coach who can put it together coach the players to a a, 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 a position where they're going to feel confident full of beans and go out and start running and maybe over teams that's what, and maybe that's right? why they weren't going to spend the money so who knows it, it, well then Again, it's catch twenty two. I'm asking. I'm saying. I'm not saying that as fact. I'm just asking the question. Yeah, I know. I know. I I don't. I don't understand. Like, I don't understand it. I don't. I really don't. I think again to the again to the point, right? Which is a dangerous point, right? Again to the point where you're going to run out of 
tunnels to run down. Clearly there was a trust in Neil Warnock, which is why they spent all the money. Why? Because he got promoted. Well, there it's was... like, it's, I, I don't... I don't I don't see right how you watch okay even in the championship season when we got promoted you look and you think you got promoted played well at what we did but if you want to do what the Romans are doing and you want to play football sort of thing that is what you're what you're watching before you and no fans fooled we all knew you're not gonna that is gonna struggle in the Premier League alright so therefore if we get if this guy happens to come in and get us promoted, what's the plan? Oh, we just stick with him, and what we'll do then is, even though we know he can, he struggles in the Premier League. What we'll do, we'll give him a load of cash, right? To blow all the cash, right? We'll get relegated. We'll give him a bit more cash, blow that cash, and then we'll sack him in like October, and then say to the new miracle man, right. Jesus, take us to the promised land. It's madness. It's madness. It's madness. You're it a doesn't. You're a ruthless so and so. It doesn't go. What I'm saying is, Paul. When I count, give you cash, blow it. When I give you more cash, blow it. No, you know? no. What I'm saying is, what I count is simple. It, well, it is if you <laughs> want it to be. If you've got like a, a an understanding and a strategy, listen. I'm not saying it's guaranteed success, but you you're more likely to get success. Then you have to just keep chasing, keep chasing, keep chasing something that seems to not, it either gets further away or it doesn't get any close, closer. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, I do. Um, Good podcast, this, isn't it? It, it is, is, it is. I mean, have discussed any football yeah, on this it is, podcast. It is. <laughs> because I think the situation with the club is more important, honestly. Right, well, I think right, the structure okay. of the club is more important. Okay, I, I appreciate that. Let's, mm. let's part of it yeah. because talking a lot about the past there yeah. let's talk about the immediate past and this window that's just gone mm-hmm. so seven players out three players in so the players out Omar Bogle on loan to Arda Van Haag mm-hmm. Dean released subsequently gone to Blackpool Armand Traore released Brian Murphy released Kieran Brown on loan to Livingston Joe Day on loan to Wimbledon and Lee Peltier still a bit of a cloud what happened there left by mutual agreement then signed with West Brom um, in all on loan, Dion Sanderson, young centre-back stroke, right-back from Wolves. Brad Smith, left-back on loan from Bournemouth. And Albert Dover on loan from Forest. Do you want to start with the exits or the incomings? Or well, the, the exits are neither here, apart from Pelsey. Yeah, well, the, the exits are important because you've got, what, seven out and three in? Yeah. So you've kind mm-hmm. of adopted that two out, one in sort yeah. of... Yeah, which thing, right? So you cut the wage bill, right? Yeah, so did they do good there? Yeah, well, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, because okay. then you, what you're doing, you stand it. But I bet you of those seven that were out, they all probably came in the last what? two or three years. Why was Joe right? Day even and signed? Why, right, right. Why, why are they coming in the first place? Is the point mm-hmm. going back to what we were saying earlier? Why are you spending the money if if it doesn't fit? You know, you can't just come and tell me I want this player. You got to tell me right how he fit in to what we're doing, what we're trying to achieve, mm-hmm. right? And now, poor Neil Harris, the, the, the rope's on the purse strings, you know, it's tight, mate, you're not, you're not gonna get much out of it. But seven out, three in, so tick for, the, tick for the club, big tick for the club in the sense that you're now saving the owner a bit of money that is wasteful to me. Mm-hmm. Total, just may as well just go out in the stadium and do like you do in America where you throw it all about and just give it to everybody. Blakey, basically big, that Blakey big tick for Bloopers hierarchy, shocker. No, I do think I do think that's a good thing in one sense, yes, I do play. Um Peltier leaving. Paul, do you have any insight on that? There's no. some reports of any No, no, I think I think listen, I was never a Peltier fan the way Blakey is and a lot of Cardiff fans are. Um I think it's a fabulous move for him to go and join a team that could well win the title. <laughs> That's a fabulous move for him. I'm shocked by it. Although West Brom are the sort of side who are incredibly adventurous and probably need out-and-out defenders, which is what Peltier is. I feel that he's, I think he's 34 this year. Yeah. I feel if Cardiff are to evolve the way Blakey rightly says they have to evolve as a team, 
they need a fullback who's more comfortable going forward to offer assistance. Mm -hmm. And particularly, particularly Blakey, from a night like the other night where he plays a diamond shape in effect, where there is no width, and so the width has to come for your fullbacks. Mm. So I just feel, you know, Glenn, you were the one who said that, you know, from a conversation you first had with him, that he raves about Jazz Richards, does, which yeah. was genuinely surprised some of us. Yeah, yeah. But, but he does. And clearly Jazz is his first choice. Yeah, he and, called and him outstanding. So he was happy to, to let Lee Peltier go, whereas yeah. Lee Peltier would have been an absolute shoo-in under Neil Warnock. Blakey's a massive Peltier fan, though. You'll think yeah, he'll be sad to see him go, Blakey. I, I, I am, so yeah. I think he was a... I think he's a you know, I think he was probably better in the sense of he got forward a bit more this season, especially after Neil Warnock left, not getting forward to where he's overlapping and crossing, but he's just running forward into positions where he takes men away and creates space for other players. I thought he'd done that better this year, mm -hmm. but if you gave him the choice over Jazz and, and, and Pelts, you know, I think Jazz is, in fairness, I think Jazz has struggled up against wingers of since he's come in he's, yeah, he's yeah. come up against one-on-one -on -one wingers mm. and you know maybe well, all the goals last night came down his flank as well crosses from yeah, I've seen that on the highlights too mm. I wasn't going to mention that Glenn but <laughs> apologies <laughs> but you know I just think maybe it's let's look let's, let's just say he's been out a very long time yeah so you know we might think oh he's back to his best but he's nowhere near I oh, think his best I do think it's going to take some time for him to get, and we may see. I would say, if we if he plays till the end of the season and gets through it injury free, touch wood, right? Then hopefully, good preseason. We'll see the best of him next year. Incomings then, um, Albert Adoma, somebody who piques your interest. Well, what I say to this, I'll, I'll come on to this because because Blake and I were discussing it deep into the into the night on Friday, weren't we, Blake? Mm -hmm. And and. I think the initial reaction from Cardiff fans was, why are we buying somebody who's 32 past his best? Why aren't we playing young players? And I think Blake and I were a little bit more supportive of that than that. Or I was asked, because to me, Adoma was always a very good player. Mm. And I suppose the question is, was how much of that pace has he lost? Because Cardiff do need that. But um, I don't know. Maybe that might be better than, than we think. I don't, I don't know. We're open to Blakey's judgment on that. Yeah, you're, you're, you're I don't know either. I, I'm just... I've always liked him as a player. Mm. I really, I've always really liked him. Um, like many fans, you think is he past his best? Well, yeah, you usually are when you're 32. You might be just holding on to your best, maybe for another couple of months, a year, but no more than that. But um, he's an out-and-out -out right sider. I think you know. I don't think it's fair that you can just keep asking. Uh, Mr. White to, to to work that right flank. I, I think you've mm. got to, regardless. I think you know, even if it was just to the end of the season, I, I'm not sure how long his contract is. Yeah, end of the season. Uh, well, I think that's a that's a decent decent uh, deal to do. Yeah, I yeah, think gonna, definitely an area they needed. Yeah, addressed. definitely needed. Uh, so the other two, Brad Smith on loan from Bournemouth, and Dion Sanderson on loan from Wolves. Not sure. Can't say I've really seen, seen anything of either of them. Right. Right. Uh, well, so it'd be it'd be interesting to see how they fit in because all I'm looking at now, like I said, expectation. I didn't have any, and less now than, than even if I got slightly excited before somewhere along the line, it's just dissipated for me. I just look and just think, right, let's just analyze, try and work out what's going on, and I look now and I just think I hope what Neil Harris is doing is kind of picking up pieces to put together planning towards good pre-season and then next season right? I hope that's what he's doing by the players he's picking up and what he's looking to do structurally with the team because mm. clearly he thinks he's addressing the fullback problem but only on loan till the end of the season so they can right. go back to the club but what I'm saying is if that fullback comes in and does well and he's a, he's a fullback that likes to get forward if this is what he's trying to achieve it's like, because you look at Junior and Gavin White, right, who play more or not. They're players who play from out to in. Yeah. So they play into the striker, across the line, right? So that you have to have attacking fullbacks in that system yeah. because you've got like a Bakuna and a pack holding all the time, right? So you've got your box four. We've spoken about this before. You've got to have those fullbacks yeah. attacking. So if the young lad comes in and does well, does really well, you know, Puts, puts pressure on Bennett. I, I think, looking by Neil Harris's reaction, I, I focus a lot on body language and stuff like that. I don't think he fancies Bennett at all. 
right? I think a few times in games, he's almost pulled his head out with Bennett, right? Uh, and against West Brom, I think it was the final straw when, what's his name, down the right wing, uh, West Brom winger, Matty Phillips. Matty Phillips. Just, he just bounced off Phillips about three times, and I could see in the air saying, get rattled into him, sort of thing. So I think he's thinking two young attacking fullbacks get forward more, get crosses in the box, allow my wingers to go inside. You know, that should open up space as well for my two central midfielders to receive ball, receive the ball coming from right to left, then right, my full-backs away, and it's just a simple forward pass into the space. I can see what he's trying to think. I'm hoping that's what he's trying to do. <laughs> I'm hoping that's what he's trying to do. So let's, let's see how it plays out. It doesn't matter if the young lad goes back. You can get him back again next year on loan for the season. Or you go to go and get a, a, a similar type of fullback who you know can do the same same sort of job. But mm. again, that comes down then to your scouting, you know, yeah. your network. Any more for any more on the transfer window? No, it wasn't a great window. Enough to say that. Okay, we'll take a breather and we'll come back after this break with some Ask Blakey and some predictions. Welcome back to the final part of Blakey's Boot Room, where we will be asking your questions to the man himself. So let's get straight to it. We'll jump on Twitter. And uh, Peter Bradbury asks... All right, Peter Bradbury. Does Blakey agree that Neil Harris is out of his depth at this club? Uh, no comment. Get straight to it, <laughs> Yeah, don't, don't make your words. Uh, listen, I, I, oh, I hate... Uh, I'm just trying to analyze what's going on right Pete and I would say like I said earlier in the podcast I would say the proof for me is uh, Millwall right and then you have to ask yourself is Neil capable of taking you to where you want to go personally I think not but I would love him to prove me wrong and rub my face in anything he wants really I would love him to prove me wrong that's what I'm hoping he proves me wrong. But that's what I say. This is never personal. Don't know the lad. Mm. All I'm going on is what I see before me. Analyse it and I give my opinion. Do you ever play against him? I might have beaten him up once or twice, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he's uh, too young for me. Uh, Jason Mohammed again. All right, J-Mo. <laughs> J to the Izzo. He asks, can you ask Blake, does any other TV presenter make him tea when he's commentating on matches? <laughs> also, does he go along with my penalty takers? One Glatzel, two Murphy, three Vorks, four Patterson, five Blake off the commentary bench. <laughs> Seriously, Tuesday is a missed opportunity. Yeah, it was. It was. I think we're all aware of that. But I think what we're all aware of, Jay, is that, you know, like we are just saying, they the the balance of the club isn't and fans know it I'm telling you I speak to many fans you always get some will just be like blind to certain facts of the club but in general I don't take this wrong way but I went in the toilet leaving the uh, Reading game uh, not the last one the one before uh, Empire Strikes Back in the trilogy and there was a gentleman in the toilet and he just started he just let off started Right, I know, I know, but why, Nave? Why? why? I can't answer the questions. I don't know, and it's simple in one. It's it's simple to put things in place, right? If you're the club, right? It's hard to put the right people in the right places, right? Because you have to you have to do your research on people. You have to understand what that person's capable of. But then, when you've got all those bits of the jigsaw, if you've if you've put your jigsaw together right, it's the right picture, right? When you finish, if you've missed the square or something's in the wrong place, you think oh, that don't make sense, right? And that's where we are at the moment. For me, it's like you've you've put the jigsaw together, but there's pieces either missing or in the wrong place, and you're thinking that don't look like a map of Wales. It looks more like a map of Ireland or something. It, it just doesn't match up. So, for me. Jay, it's it's there's like I say, you can keep going around, right? Finger in the dike situation. We'll do this to cover that. We'll do this to cover that. We'll do this to cover that. Do that. I should fix that. Do that. But you're reactive. 
not proactive. Mm. You're not setting the trend. You're not setting the direction. You're not saying this is what we're doing. As a, it doesn't have to come out in the general public, but as a club, right? The whole thing needs to be together. The whole thing needs to be better understood and have a better relationship with its fans. Remember, everything and everyone who works there is on behalf of the 20,000 20, fans that go every week to support that team. Mm. Anything underneath that is just a support mechanism for the 11 that start or for the 16 that play. Right? That is what they need to get the understanding of. Certain sections of that club think it works for itself. It doesn't. It all feeds into one. And the, the one thing it feeds into is the 11 that go out on a Saturday. Why? Because the 20,000 turn up to see them. Mm. And they keep coming back to see them. And they are interested in the 23s. And they are interested in the 18s. And they are interested in what the commercial deals have been done. And they are interested in who the chief executive is, who the chairman is. They, all these things matter. You know what I mean? Supporters Trust. We've just said, seen, uh, Paul said there was people from Supporters Trust asking questions. Around. So it's holistically, it needs to, it needs to be better. Is that a good enough answer? Yeah, it was very comprehensive. Tim Edge. All right, Tim Edge. Asks, are Cardiff destined for anything more than mid-table obscurity this season? If no, can you see it changing next season? Uh, no, I, I, I think it is a no. I think they are just, like I said, 8th, 10th, 12th. And as I keep going, I keep going lower when I speak to people now. 10th, 12th, in the summer it was 8th, 8th, 9th. But yeah, I think they're, I think they, they can't win games. They don't lose many games, but they can't win games. Mm-hmm. And you can play two games, two draws, great. But if you win one, lose one, you're in a better position. It's as simple as that. Barry Murphy. Right, Baz? Asks, the biggest problem... Well, he says more than asks, but I thought it was a good discussion point. The biggest problem Neil Harris has got is that a number of fans were on his back before he even took the job. Yeah. So he gets very little credit when we do win, and those fans can't wait to jump on his back when we lose. A no-win situation, in my opinion. I think it's the way we win, right? And the way you play. I honestly think if those some of those draws we've had, the performances, and we were sat here going, wow, played well though. Mm. We played well. Didn't deserve to draw that game. Even last uh, the other night against Reading, uh, last night against Reading, if you sat here going, ah, how do we draw that, by the way? And, okay, okay, they got away with penalties, but performance-wise, we're playing well. Problem has been, Glenn, it's been the other way around. Mm. We've been sat at games looking at each other going, how are we 2 nil up? Yeah. All right? So I think that is something that they need to, well, that's what I think Neil House was brought in, was to improve the performance. Right, apparently I'm just going on what I hear. Gave a lot of stats on goals, shots, crosses, blah blah blah. blah. That's old school. Don't want to hear that. How are we going to play? Right, because this is our philosophy as a club. Do you fit into that? Right, but at the moment, for the last like five, six, seven years, clubs now had a real identity or philosophy of how it wants to play and how it wants to go forward. What kind of football our fans want to see? So you, you, that's what I'm saying. You're constantly like a dog chasing his tail. I mean, start at the beginning. Paul, what do you think about it? Do you think he was behind the eight ball when he was appointed? Harris? Yeah. 100%, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, he, he, it was a very... I, I've spoken to the club about this before because they... Um, sort of, I'm not saying they want to help to get behind him, but, you know... Um, I... I just, you know, we have to be honest about these things. You know, we represent the fans and they're not stupid. So, you know, there's no question this is a very underwhelming appointment. But obviously, as he is now the manager of Cardiff City, people have to get behind the manager of Cardiff City. It doesn't matter whether it's Nathan Blake, Neil Harris, Glenn Williams, whoever. You You support the manager. Um, You have to get behind the manager. But obviously you then can't, you know, but, and this was the, this, and it's a massive but, the rider I gave was, but it is then up to him to very quickly win over those critics because he will not have the kind of honeymoon period yeah. that 
a Craig Bellamy might have had, yeah. or or a, or a Neil Warnock when he first came and might have had. See what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So so yeah, he was behind the eight ball, and it became Blakey used the phrase "chicken and the egg" or "vicious circle" earlier in this podcast, and it's the same there because he was behind the eight ball. It be, you know because he didn't win win them over with instant results and performances. It became a vicious circle, stroke chicken and the egg, and that's why you get the situation of as Barry said there, fans not being supportive of him mm-hmm. whenever they lose and perhaps him not getting but and and, and, and I, I have sympathy for him in that sense but your personal pride you, you know you shut it you shut that down but you there know are, what I mean you, you do want adulation of course you do but you also understand you, you have to be successful to have adulation but people aren't going to congratulate you and pat you on the back if you're average mm. or you're poor to average if you're average to good and then good to great, mate, these kind of fans will love you. Yeah. It's, it's, no, that's that's down to you. And if you've got certain promises about uh, financials that then haven't materialised, then you've got a choice. You don't have to stay here. You can always, you know, I know it's easier said than done, but you can always yeah. say, listen, things aren't happened where I've been promised and that leaves me with no other alternative but to walk. Right, you've always got that choice as a manager. But, but if you stay with the players you've got, and you've, you've, because you didn't come for the job and think, I'll go for the job, get the, in, get the interview, go for the interview, and then look at the squad and see what they got. Mm. No, you do your homework. So he would have done all his homework and right, da 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 da, and I think he'd be better there. Nah, 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 nah. And then you go into the interview and you tell the chairman or the board, wherever, right, what my plan is, and then they go like that or loathe it. They obviously went like that, but they must have then made promises to him about, right, well, what we do is this, this, and this. Because if they said to you, if you were coming in to the situation, and then they said to you, but there's zero funds, that's a different kettle of fish again, right? That's not the same as me coming in to looking at your squad going, you've got a good squad, doesn't play good football, he needs adjusting here and there, so I'm going to need about five million quid. And they go, yeah, we can do that, no problem. Yeah. And then you come and Jarry and you go, right, now, we keep drawing, as you can see, I told you that was going to be the case. It's what we need to do. I need three million quid to adjust this position, this position. And then they go, nah. Hold on a minute, you're an agent on the deal. Mm. Right? Because my plan is to get you to the Premier League as a sustainable Premier League outfit. Because that is the goal in terms both of both sides. So one t- one side can renege on the other, unless you turn around and they go right. Financial fair play say we can't spend any more money. Well, what we didn't tell you, Neil, was and we didn't realise that this you know eight million has come out of somewhere. We didn't realise blah 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 blah. Mm. Okay, then we will work with it till the summer or whatever. Yeah. Obviously, we don't know what was said. We don't. The scene, I'm so, just speculating yeah. in terms of what the fans are saying though. Um, I'm not talking about knee-jerk fans now. I'm talking about rational, intelligent Cardiff City fans who are saying... They're all intelligent in their own way because everyone's right in their own way. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, Social media people who who wouldn't normally just jump on somebody's back, right? Uh, The phrases they're using are he's out of his depth, the job is too big, this club is too big for him, you know? And that's a little bit of a worry when you're hearing that. You, You don't think that that gap... It's like it's been narrowed, you know. Um, Blakey's very first question on Ask Blakey here wasn't an overwhelming vote of confidence in the ability of Neil Harris to mm. to turn this club around. I think you're finding, you know, rational. You know, they're not irrational football fans. They're you know fans who care with a passion about the club. They just feel, as I say, that that's the terminology they use. Because that, that it's too everyone, it's too big a job for everyone's them, different, you know? right? So you might get a manager to come in and do wonders with this squad, right? But then you might get a manager who comes in and doesn't. That's down to them personality, right? What you can get out of, because attitude reflects leadership, right? So I follow you because I believe in what you are, what you're doing, what you're trying to achieve, blah, 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 blah. Right? That's then a mental game. That's a psyche, right? That's not just about coaching. That's about like my manipulation, but for the good. Mm-hmm. not for the bad right so <clears throat> there's, there's and that's why I always say well look at Millwall look at someone's last right and take that and use that 
cite that as your example and the next man has he done better well you'd have to say yeah that's not mean to say that because Guy Rout has done better with Millwall in a short space of time been there might be different over longevity mm-hmm. but in a short space of time that Neil Harris can come here and improve on what Neil Warnock was doing right because he might have had his hands tied there for five years we don't know right that's not our club we don't follow it but looking at what Rowett has done with his squad and then looking at what he's done with Neil's squad you think well this squad is superior to that squad so you should get more out of this squad than mm. you did out of that squad right and his record is not bad it's just too many draws yeah right it's just too many draws there's not a lot of losses in there it's just too many draws yeah but like I said earlier two games one win is better than two draws from a digits point of view mm-hmm. so it, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's, I find myself saying this a lot. It's like, I don't know. It's just like, it's just, you know, like I said, it's all got to, it's all got to connect, right? It's like an arrow. It's all got to be shaped into a point, right? And at the moment, to me, and it's been like this for a few years, it's, it's edgy. There's edges everywhere. You know, that doesn't quite run right that doesn't quite fit right there's not enough of that coming to here there's not enough of them going over there you know the manager doesn't take time to see that you know uh, the academy in the first team at one point you know, not in you know unison with each other what's that about you know they have to be in unison yeah well you know he's been here tune of it man so he's got him up the table a little bit all is not completely lost is it and still got Quite a way the season to go, and we'll we'll see what. Yeah, but they, what the happens. games just tick off, mate. Honestly, they just tick off. You get to the stage where once you got once Christmas comes and goes, once January's gone, right? We're now on. you're into the race for the, the the final, like three or four miles in in a marathon. This is it. Where I mean, I, where I will give Neil, Neil Harris a lot of credit is his bold decision making on the day of the derby when he dropped Aidan Flint and Neil Etheridge. Mm-hmm. I thought, considering that was Swansea that day, that, those were really bold decisions. I remember, you know, speaking to you before the game about it, Blakey mm-hmm. saying this is what I was hearing, but I found it hard to believe, you know. Mm. And Flint has a looking sense. No. You know, well, nor's Etheridge, apart from the, Cupcake. you know, Smithies is very much the number one choice now. And Morrison, well. Morrison look, I said this earlier, Morrison looks the Morrison we know he can be. Which yeah, is one because of the you've got someone defend- athletic. One of the best defenders at this level. No, but he you, looks what, good you, again. What, what you've know? got is, an, if what you've got, rather than galoots, as I call them, rather than two big headers and just good at attacking the ball, you've now got one athletic who can turn, who can run, you know, good on a slide challenge, you know, good in the air. By the way, Nelson, stop saying sorry to centre forwards when you duff them up a bit. <laughs> Don't pick them up and say sorry. Just, you know, just walk away. Have that killer instinct in you. That's one thing I've seen him do quite a few times. But, <laughs> you know, don't say sorry to centre fans. But Nelson compliments Morrison. They compliment each other. That's that's <laughs> that's partnerships around the pitch. Mm. Right back compliments your left... Uh, right back compliments your right winger. Left back compliments your left winger. Your left winger, your right winger, they compliment your centre forward or centre forwards. Yeah, the two central midfielders, they complement each other. You've got to have a balance. You know, these are all partnerships all around the pitch. So it's no surprise to me that when you add Flint and Morrison, take one of them out or take Flint out, it had to be Flint for me, and put Nelson in, you know, no doubt. Nelson Nelson's not a great ball player. What I'd say to Nelson is, as soon as you get it, look for Pack. If Pack's not on, look to your uh, wide defender. Uh, right back or left back if he's not on clip it up to your striker just clip it alright don't smash it don't hit for corners that's old school football clip it up to your striker's chest it's quite simple it's an easy ball it's a little 20-30 yarder but you know get it give it don't worry about playing and don't panic when it's coming to you in the final third these are things that as he grows in this division I think he'll become better and better at. but for me he, he's our best centre centre back, Nelson. If you're looking at defending, he's our best centre back. Really? Yeah, well, easy so. for me. Okay, so we come to the final final part. Let's go to some predictions. Away to Luton this weekend, Paul. Bottom of the table, five nil Cardiff. Done. I'm out. 
five good garlic bowl prediction from the man himself. I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. No, no, I'm taking that first <laughs> answers only. Paul, your prediction. I'll take your pick, nil, nil, one, one, two, two, three, three. Choose, choose out of those. Okay. I actually think I actually think Cardiff will go there and win on Saturday. I actually think we'll go there I think, and I struggle. Think, Two nil or two one to Cardiff. I think we'll go there and struggle. Do you? Yeah. Well, you think the opposite two no, nil or two one to Liverpool is small ground, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Tight little ground. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we traditionally always struggle with those kind of grounds. We like the big, wide open space for you. So that nah, I go one one. Honestly, <laughs> that was a bold prediction. Yeah. Oh, Cardiff City to draw again. You're blaming me for the draws, man. All I can do is predict. I can. It's not my fault. Blakey yeah, predicts a Cardiff City draw, everybody. Surprise, surprise. On the front page. <laughs> I'm going to go for a little Cardiff City 1 0, I think. Yeah? Yeah. That'd be nice. Well, once again, thank you all for your questions, as we thank you every week. Yeah, great make, questions, by the way. Yeah, more great questions. So make sure you keep up to date with all the Cardiff City news at Wales Online. Mm-hmm.